You're listening to the Hey Elliot podcast at www.heyelliot.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, and so we've reached part three, and I hope the final, I hope the final part of me reading the script. Um, I've had to have a uh, taste of uh, wine and watched an episode of Preacher. And, um, Preacher, this script I'm reading is not. (sighs) But, if I don't finish it, my people will be upset. I am contractually obligated to finish this script. So, who's with me? Alright, here we go. We're just going to start from the top of page 42. Talking about Hootie and the Blowfish, where for some reason, 18-year-old Elliot thinks Catherine and Dennis need a lot of time to talk. So let's just... And I'll put my commentary in there, because I know if I do it straight, it's probably going to be boring. I'm not lying to anybody. Okay. Dennis. Should Should I use a voice for Dennis? Dennis. Um, what kind of voice should I use for him? Well, I don't think I'll shoot it down. What's your favorite band? There we go. Sort of that um, character from Family Guy and uh, a bad Ronald Reagan impersonation, okay? We're going to try that. Catherine, uh, let's just do a very Southern Belle, almost a voice, okay? I don't have a favorite band. Catherine says, I usually just end up liking whatever they play on the radio. I have a problem with people who say they like a band, but don't have all the records and only like the singles. But I'll listen to anything my ears can grasp. Dennis, well, that's a great answer. Most people I ask just say anything but country and leave it at that. Catherine, I know. Some people don't know what the trick what the trick when listening to music you don't like. Oh, some people don't know that the trick when listening to music you don't like. I the same um I mean is is the same when listening to music you relate to and don't replay it in your head until you like it. Or maybe they do and just don't care. Dennis I think that's what most people do, but most of the time they're just too impatient to let the songs sink into their brains and just stick to the tunes they know. I find myself doing that sometimes. Catherine, well, you really should try my way sometime. Dennis, yeah, I'll try that. (laughs) Catherine, god damn it, okay. Catherine, what music do you like? Dennis, anything but country. I don't know what I'm doing. And he smiles in parentheses. Catherine, all right, fair enough, I guess. Dennis looks down at her drink. Tequila. Catherine, excuse me. (laughs) Dennis, well, I was thinking tequila isn't usually a drink that people take when they're planning to take a load off their mind and just contemplate today. This is 18-year-old Elliot saying, thinking that you don't need tequila to have a good time. Ah, oh, God. 
Oh, this poor kid. He needs... He Little does he know, right? Anyway, Catherine. Meaning? Dennis. Well, tequila is usually a drink. I see crazy party women drink. I don't know if this was true. I don't think it was. Oh, poor kid. God. He just needed a hug. All right. Was that so hard to ask, God? Just a fucking hug. And we wouldn't have to be sitting here. All right. We're... Are continuing. Catherine looks at his drink. And whiskey's any better? Dennis, uh, no, it isn't. I guess we got our problems. <laughs> I don't know why I'm turning it into, but we're going to keep going with this. Oh, goodness. That's for sure what's yours. That was supposed to be Catherine, but there's no Catherine dot dot dot. Dennis, my what? Catherine, your problems. Here we go. We're really into it now, folks. Dennis. I don't have one. Catherine. You just said we've all got ours, which implies to me that you have one. And don't you try to convince me that a man who sits alone on a night like this doesn't have any problems. Dot, dot, dot. Come on. I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. Beat. Catherine continues to stare at him until Dennis finally laments and says, Ooh, laments is a good word for 18-year-old Elliot. Is that right? Gotta go look that up. Dennis. Look, I don't want to get into it. All I can say is a lot of drinking with a lot of wrong people can make you do pretty fucked up things. It was something that happened that would not have happened if I wasn't drunk. Catherine. And you're drinking again too. What? Dennis. Forget. Catherine. Come on. What did you do? Wake up next to a fat chick. He stares at her for a while. Fine. If that's all I get, then that's all I need. I can tell you mine if you want. Dennis. All right. What's your problem? What is your problem? I'm trying to make him different than Ted because I'm going to go with his southern accent thingy. Catherine. Well, I reluctantly... Or, no, shit. Okay. Catherine. Well, I recently... Well, recently, the love of my life broke up with me. He said that it was because he felt we were growing apart, and it couldn't have kept going on like that. And I thought we were doing fine. I felt none of the growing apart. Then later, I found out... It was only his part growing in the wrong direction. Straight to my best friend. Dennis, people, they'll do that to you. Catherine, you're telling me. And the worst thing about it is, the two of us used to share an apartment together. I left for work one day. I came back. Everything that was his was gone. And the only thing that was left was a note. So all I have left is an empty apartment to go to every night, and I thought having a drink before going back there would numb the experience a little. Dennis, 
I know what that feels like. Well, not the whole getting dumped by the boyfriend thing, but the fear of going home alone and, and having no one to talk to but the ghosts in your head. I don't know why I'm reading it like this. Just bear with me because we've got about eight more pages of this. Okay? Catherine. There must be a lot of that going around. That must be one thing in life no one is actually ever alone in. Loneliness. Beat. On this, on this knot, there is kind of an honest note. There is kind of acknowledgement of the depressing turn this conversation has taken. Catherine, uh, uh, would you like to go to a movie with me? Dennis, yeah, I could go for a movie sometime. Catherine, how about tonight? We could go to a late showing. Dennis, you'd really do... You'd really want to do that with someone you hardly know? Catherine, why not? This is a, what's the worst that can happen? I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. <laughs> there was no laughter there. I just wanted to continue it on. Dennis looks at her, giving her a, is this woman for real kind of look. Catherine, oh, she stands up. Well, I don't know about you. But I'm going to head down to the theaters and see what's playing. You are quite welcome to come along if you won't. Dennis downs his glass. What the hell? Dennis stands up as well and they both exit the bar together. Cut to them leaving the theater. Good lord, this is a long con if you ask me. Catherine. So, Batman chooses... Bats as his mascot because he himself was afraid of them? Dennis, well, first of all, I wouldn't go as far to say that bats are his mascot. Catherine, oh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was Bruce Wayne chooses the bat as his crime fighter image because he was afraid of bats himself. What the fuck? That makes... Ugh. Dennis, right. Catherine, so... Just think how different that movie would have been if he were afraid of glue. <laughs> Dennis, yeah. Then he would have been glue man. Or what if he were afraid of neon lights? Catherine, that would be so cool. Dennis, or if he were afraid of germs. Catherine, then he would be Mr. Clean Man. Wait, what if he were afraid of commitment? Dennis, I shudder to think. Catherine, that was a good movie. It has an interesting aftertaste. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think she blew him. I don't know anything about aftertastes. I just read this right now for the first time in about 10, 12 years. Oh, Dennis, yes, I do. It tastes like butterscotch. It's weird. It's like a litmus test. <laughs> I thought I was quitting Tarantino, I think. Catherine. Yeah, and all brains have the recessive genes that can't taste movies. The fuck? The fuck, Elliot? I'm glad you cut this out. But we sally forth. She laughs. <laughs> and moves closer to him. Hooks her arm in his. He sees this and smiles. All of his problems are gone. 
Catherine. Do you have a favorite movie? Dennis. I'm this way you... I'm this way you are with songs. I can't play favorites. They all have their good points, and they all have their uh bad points. I don't know. <laughs> Catherine. Fair enough. What about genres of movies? Oh, God. Just, ugh. What about genres of movies? Any favorites there? Dennis, I like film noirs, you know, for movies like The Maltese Falcon, Two Reservoir Dogs. I just like the crime, and I'm into anti-heroes in my movies. I like the guy who doesn't want to be the hero, but has to. Jack and Dell. Sorry, fourth wall breaking. Okay. Because this is, uh, I'm sorry, folks, but you're going to listen to this. Catherine. I know what you mean. I can see why they would be a favorite of yours. You have an error about you, Dennis. An error? Well, I don't know what that was about. Okay. Catherine. Yeah, like a mysterious private detective with a dark past. I could see you behind one of those desks, and then a beautiful redhead comes in and needs your help. Only she has an ulterior motives of her own, and you get mixed up in all of her shady dealings, and this leads to your untimely demise. Boy, look at that. Tennis. Chortles. I added chortles. I'm not even... It's a chortle. Uh, <laughs> that's a chortle, right? I don't know why I wrote that. Wow, that's uh, quite a picture you painted for me. Catherine, it's a gift. Dennis, what is? Coming up with a bleak and dark futures for people? Catherine, no. Telling stories. Dennis, I can tell. I'm not saying it was bad bleak. I was only saying... Catherine, don't worry about me. I felt no insult. Dennis, oh, what about you? Do you like any particular uh, a movie? Catherine, nope. <laughs> Dennis, is genres? Catherine, yep. Dennis, what genre? Catherine, I like horror movies. I like seeing the bad people get their comeuppance, and I like to be scared. I like to see the woman outfox the rest of the characters in the story. Do you like scary movies? I stole this from Scream. I stole this from fucking Scream. I'm sorry, everybody. Dennis, no, I haven't seen any. Yeah, what a liar. Okay. Catherine. You mean to L me? I forgot the T. That you don't watch one scary movie? Dennis. Oh, well, I watch movies that tell me, that people tell me are scary. That usually raises my hopes and I end up severely disappointed in what happens. But you told me you don't watch them, Catherine says. Dennis. If they don't scare me, then don't count. Then the... Don't count as a scary movie in my book. So I didn't see a scary movie. I just saw a drama with a lot of blood and sex in it. Catherine. So not one scared you? Dennis. No. Did Catherine? Not even the exorcist? Dennis. Oh, well, 
or maybe the exorcist, but I saw that at a young age. I just don't scare that easy now. Catherine, you'd be surprised. Dennis, oh well, maybe someday someone will come out with a scary movie. That will have me shaking in my boots, but I don't think that would be any time soon. Catherine stops, grabs Dennis by the shoulders, turns him around, kisses him on the lips, and looks at him with a smile. Because that's what women do. Pete. Dennis. Uh, can I walk you to your car? They start to walk again. Oh my. Catherine. You good if I had a car? I usually take the bus, but I guess you could walk me to my bus. Dennis. Well, a pretty lady such as yourself shouldn't be riding the bus at this time of the night. You never know what kinds of ghouls haunt those things. Catherine, I'm pretty sure the same ghouls that were there last night. I've used the same bus for so long that most of them know me by my nickname, Dennis. And what's that? Catherine, cat. Catherine, cat. Nowadays people aren't too creative in nicknaming people. Do you have a nickname? Dennis, no. Well, once in a while I get called a son of a bitch, but other than that, it's just plain Dennis. Catherine, a man isn't a man unless he has some kind of nickname. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking ahead here. I'm looking ahead and... Oh, Jesus. Okay. You asked for it, people. Dennis, is there any hope for me? Catherine, only if I can help. Can I give you a nickname? Dennis, I would be honored. She stops. Catherine, how about Dick? Dennis, Dick. Catherine, yeah, I like Detective Dick, not the other Dick. Oh, yeah, like Detective Dick, not the other Dick. Dennis, too risky. Whatever that means. Catherine, all right, how about Humphrey? Dennis, Humphrey. Okay, that will do for now. Catherine, okay, Humphrey, what did you want to do now? They start walking again. Dennis, hmm, let me drive you home. Catherine, my mother always told me not to take rides from strangers. Dennis, strangers. Uh, we spent around four hours talking and we're still strangers. Catherine, yeah, we have been talking. You're right, four hours full of talk. All about things basically that are not about who we are. Dennis, okay, fine. Let me tell you about me. My name is Dennis Attell. I stole that from Dave Attell. Ha <laughs> ha. I was born in Shermer, Illinois. Where did I steal that from? I stole that from something. Moved here five years ago. I turned 21 a couple months ago. I live alone. I have a few acquaintances, but usually never friends. Anything else? Catherine. Um, parents' name. Why does it matter? Why does it matter what his parents' names were? Dennis. Joseph and Anna. Catherine. What about hobbies? Dennis. Biking, walking, watching, loving, and music. Catherine. Okay. Dennis, now you. Okay. <laughs> Is that, can I fast forward that enough? Catherine. Oh, okay. I got to do this normal because it looks like a mouthful. My name is Catherine Loveless. What? What? Oh, Elliot. Elliot. Why does it matter? If it's all. Okay. 
I was born and raised here, graduated from high school. I'm just entering my first year of college. Ooh, maybe I did this after the first year. And I have an apartment of my own, blah, blah, blah. My hobbies are dancing, movies, writing, and people. What else do you want to know? Oh, my God. How much more of this? How much more Denison? What did I do? Why did I think this was so important? All right. Well, let's keep going then. Dennis, favorite color, Catherine, blue, you, Dennis, purple, Catherine, yeah, you look like a purple, Dennis, what, Catherine, well, you would like purple, Dennis, like how, Catherine, well, I write up colors and personalities on the internet, this webpage tells you all about your favorite color and what it says about your personality, Dennis, what does it say about purple, they stop walking when Catherine is saying this, she practically dances in a flirty circles around the sky, oh my god, Oh, my God. Catherine, you are a loner at heart, but on occasions you try to make friends, but they're usually... Oh, God. We gotta get through this. But they usually end in something bad happening. You love pleasure, which also can lead you to drug abuse. What the fuck? Dennis, what does Blue say about you? Catherine, well, that's kind of personal. I don't think we've reached that point in our relationship. Dennis, ah, got you now. That we have made each other's acquaintances. How about the ride home? That ride home. Catherine, she grabs him by the head looks into his eyes and searches all over oh my god okay since my spidey sense doesn't tell me you are an axe murderer i'll take that ride mr Attell. tennis yeah okay my car is right over here Catherine, lead the way they walk off cut to Catherine and dennis right in the car oh my god we gotta go okay i'm trying to hurry this up because a i can't read it anymore b i don't want to bore you c i just i don't know he is i just don't know dennis where can i i just stopped spelling dennis right there I just spelled him with like penis dennis where can i find this apartment of yours Catherine? oh my god i gotta give him directions now and the and the 18 year old elliot if you can hear me you don't need this part all right here we go Catherine. it's just a couple of blocks up 53rd but uh what's the rush dennis no rush what did you have in mind? Catherine, I was just thinking maybe we could go to your place and hang out some more. That's what people do. They hang out and they fuck, right? Right. Okay. Wait, I think I have two and a half pages left of Dennis and Catherine. So let's do this. Dennis, yeah, we could do that. But aren't you afraid that this is a little sudden? Catherine, no, I really like you. I think we have a connection. Dennis, you obviously can't hold your liquor. Not hold, hold your liquor. Catherine, no, no, no. I only had one glass, if that. If you don't believe me, ask me anything. I'll even get out and into the streets and walk a straight line for you. I am completely, totally, and without a doubt, habited. Hibited? I think the word was hibited, not habited. Because she's hibited, not inhibited, right? Okay. Dennis, okay, I believe you. Next stop, my place. Cut to Dennis's apartment. Close, close, close up on a door. It opens and Dennis and Catherine enter. Catherine looks around. All right, you ready for this, folks? This is the biggest, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Let me read this after I take a sip of this. Ah, okay. A little bit of liquid courage. In vino veritas, they say. Okay. Okay. Cut to Dennis's apartment. Close up on a door. It opens and Dennis and Catherine enter. Catherine looks around. 
Catherine. Nice place. A little messy, but then again, I didn't give you much of a warning. Dennis, it's no penthouse, but it will do for now. You want anything to drink? <clears throat> Catherine. Yeah. I'll just have whatever you're having. Dennis leaves the room. Catherine does a walk around the room, taking everything in. She sits down on the couch. Dennis enters the room with two bottles of alcohol. A-L-C-H-E-L-H-O-L. Okay, Dennis, I hear you all. Here you are. Catherine, thanks, raises her bottle. To the start of a beautiful relationship. Dennis also raises. Here, here. Catherine, are you in college? Dennis, no, I never liked school when it was free. Why should I? <laughs> what am I doing with this? What was poor Elliot doing? Why should I like it when I have to pay for it? Catherine, so you never go into college? Dennis, I would never say never, but I don't think it is likely. Catherine, you know, they say people make more money having graduated from college than they would had they just come up out of high school to get a job. Dennis, uh, who says this? Counselors who want you to go to college. Catherine, would they lie? Dennis, the salespeople, of course they would lie. Oh, God help me. They are trying to sell going to college like you are trying to sell magazines. Because she's a telemarketer, remember? Look at it this way. I could go into construction and make money. I could go into massage therapy school and get a license within a year and make a large sum of money. Catherine, so why don't you do that? Dennis, I don't like the idea of touching people for a living. It's not that I have anything against people. I just don't want to have to touch them all the time. You know what I mean? Catherine, yes, I know what you mean. That's why I'm not in uh, massage therapy. But why did you know that the male to female ratios of those schools are like 100%? Does that make you the least bit interested? Oh, God, help me. Dennis looks at her and smiles. Dennis, no, I think I'm doing all right for myself. Beat. Catherine, I have a confession to make. Dennis, yeah. Catherine, well, I sound kind of stupid saying this, but it wasn't really an accident that we met together. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Dennis, what do you mean? Catherine, I've seen you at the bar many times, and I don't know. I guess I kind of always admired you from afar, and I finally got up my nerve to talk to you. I went home and got dressed up and went to the bar to seduce you. Dennis, and uh, are you glad you did it? Catherine smiles and leans in and kisses him. They get to smooching. She stands up, pulls him up, and they head to the bedroom. He sits on the side of the bed. She straddles a leg and they kiss some more. She takes off his shirt. He takes off hers. Slowly they fall into bed. He ends up on top of her. I'll add more stuff eventually. I actually put that there. I'm so glad. I am so glad you didn't add more stuff eventually. Jesus. Cut to his face. Cut to her face in ecstasy. Cut to his face now intense. Cut to the face. I've never had sex before I wrote this. Or during I wrote this. Okay? Give me a break. Cut to the face of Cassie who is screaming in pain and pleading for help. <gasps> Cut to his face, now wide-eyed and frightened. Cut to Catherine's face, staring at him intensely. Spins him around so it is her straddling him. Oh my god, that was easy. That was really easy for her to do. Catherine, are you all right?
We're almost there. Oh, God, we're almost there. Dennis, uh, yes. Yes, I'm fine. Catherine, you want me to stop? Dennis, never. Catherine's face then changes back to Cassie. Catherine, how about now? Silent scream from Dennis. <gasps> Catherine then grabs him by the throat with one hand and kisses him. And as she's doing this, she is digging her nails into his throat. Blood starts coming out of his neck. And Kathy is doing this all very orgasmically. Oh my, orgasmically. She reaches down with the other hand, starts digging into his chest. And all we hear is Dennis's muffled screams. Then... Cut to Jack, waking up from deep sleep. He has been sweating and is obviously scared. He looks around and then, poor Jack had to hear all their whole night's conversation, and so did you. All right? That is the worst thing that Jack had to listen to, okay? It was not that this guy died. It was that, oh, my God, why did I think Why did I think that needed to be in the script? All right, let's sally forth. Cut to Dell, waking up the same way. Day five. Jack's story. Jack. We cut to Jack entering the coffee mill. He looks for Ted. Ted is washing glasses. He goes up to the window where people place used glasses. Jack. Ted, I need to talk to you. Ted. Yeah. Jack. It happened again. Ted. What happened again? Jack. I saw her kill. Ted. You sure? Jack. Yeah. I went to sleep, and I saw these two people, and I'm going to just tell everything that happened all over again. They ended up having sex, and the girl turned into Cassie and killed the guy. I don't think it will be in the paper. Oh, it was too late for that. It could be on the news, though. Jesus, help me. Ted, I'm not concerned about that. Jack, I'm not crazy. Ted, I know. I was thinking. Jack? Jack, are you okay? All right. Okay. We cut to Jack. He has a look of terror on his face. Uh, his countenance. I wrote that. We cut to a police interrogation room. There is one woman and a man handcuffed to a chair. We look behind the glass to reveal. I am so glad we didn't have to shoot this. Okay. Two men. One man looks like he could be the captain. Whatever. Just say the captain. And the other man is Officer Rodriguez. We go back to the action in the interrogation room. The man is uh, staring at the table. The female cop is sitting across from him. The female cop. So you're telling me that someone is... Oh, so you're telling me that someone is killing your friends? Man, yes. TFC. And this girl was a woman you and they murdered? Man. Uh oh, I didn't murder her. I only drove them. TFC. That makes you an accomplice. Man, whatever. I'm trying to tell you something's out there. They killed my friends, and they're going to kill me. TSC. Not until the trial, they won't, because I'm stupid. She gets up. Now I want you to... Oh, she gets up. Now I want you to tell me exactly what happened. Okay, like, she's leaning over him on the table like a TV show. She gets up. Now I want you to tell me exactly what happened. Man, not without my lawyer. The TFC stands up, and she just stood up. Elliot, Elliot. I wish you could hear me right now. Maybe you did. Maybe somewhere in the past, I look up, and I'm writing this and going, what was that? Something said my name. Oh, well, back to writing this dialogue. All right. TFC. Let me tell you something. You're going to tell me right now what happened that night, or I'm going to let you go and let whoever this godsend is deal with you. Got it? 
feet. Man, it was five nights ago. Uh, we were out drinking. TFC. Who? Man, me and th- uh, three of my friends, we were drinking pretty heavily that night. And I guess we got to talking about sex. Then we see this girl come in. TFC. Cassie? Man, yeah, Cassie. We see her come in alone. She sits down by herself. We drink some more. We all see her real pretty. Plus, we've had quite a few beers in our system. Dennis decides. TSC, Dennis Attell? Man, yes. Riveting stuff, folks. Oh, God. Okay, I'm not going to read this in a voice. TFC, go on. Man, well, Dennis decides he is going up to see if he can score. I see him go up to her. He says something. I saw Cassie's lips. They replied something to the effect of fuck off. So Dennis comes back to the table and says we should teach her a lesson. So we decide after we leave to follow her. She sits at the bar for another hour or so, and then she gets up and rushes out of the bar. We get up and follow her. We follow her until she goes to the coffee mill. We decide to wait outside for her. We decide to hide one in each alleyway when she came out one of us managed to grab her and knock her out we hurried her into the nearest car and all piled in and i drove them we ended man stops his mouth spreads in horror oh my god what happened we cut to the mirror to see cassie standing over him the cop is nowhere to be found cassie hits a guy in the face with her baton he goes sprawling to the ground screaming in pain cassie takes out her gun and shoots the guy in the crotch the man is the man's wind gets knocked out of him and he backs up into the corner as she gets ready to go to work. We cut to the other side of the mirror. We see two men standing in front of the mirror. We see what they are seeing. The killer is still in his chair and the police officer is standing over him. We even hear the killer's confession. Officer Rodriguez, you know, these people make me sick. Them doing this to a young lady, it just sickens me. The other prison for this guy doesn't do her justice on that note the interrogation scene going on cuts as if someone cut a chunk of movie frames out and we see a bloody interrogation room with the bloody killer dead face down on the ground ground not ground 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 officer rodriguez oh my god (laughs) we got to jack we see his face then he faints and falls to the ground ted sees this he comes from around the corner he leans over jack Ted, Jack, Jack, shit. He can't think of what to do, so he decides he is going to drag Jack into the back room so as not to alarm the customers. You know, Ted's not a very good friend. Ted grabs Jack by the arms. He looks up and pauses. We see Don standing there beside the counter. Don looks at Jack and then looks at Ted. Don, shouldn't you be watching washing dishes? Ted, I will, sir, as soon as I get Jack into the back room. Don, all right funny right folks I'm gonna get another sip of this I know children this is just as painful for me as it is for you um, Don reaches behind the counter and grabs some keys then leaves Ted continues to drag Jack to the back we fade out we fade in Ted's voice Jack Jack we cut to Ted slowly waking up Ted Jack what happened, man? Jack, what happened? Realize what was said. You Realize what was said. You first. Ted. Oh, God. Ted, you were standing there 
and you fainted. I had to drag you back here. You were out for almost five minutes. What the hell happened to you? She did it again, didn't she? Jack, yeah. Ted, who did she kill? Like it matters. Jack, some guy in a police station. Ted, listen, I get off in an hour. I think we should go to the library and see if we can find anything on spells. Are they occult? Jack, you really want to? Ted, of course. Jack, so you believe me? Ted, I saw your face. You weren't making anything up. Jack, all right, thanks. Ted, no prob, Bob. We fade out. We got to Dell. Oh, I guess we're doing both days at the same time, right? He is sitting at the table thinking about what went down. He looks up and there is Cassie sitting in front of him. She smiles. Cassie, sorry you had to see that. I wanted you to see what I've been doing. No answer. Cassie, I'm bringing my killers to justice. I thought you of all people would be glad to help me with that. Dell, then you really don't know me that well. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Cassie. I know you just fine. You are a very sweet man, and I would ask no one besides a man I can trust. I trust you, Dell. Dell. It was so easy for you to... Oh, God, yeah, I can do the voice, don't I? If it was so easy for you to kill those people, why can't you just kill him? I mean, what you showed me was very powerful stuff. Why can't you just go up there and kill him yourself? Cassie. If it was that easy, Dell, I would have done it already. Dell. Why don't you just ask your boyfriend? Or did you kill him? I don't think I'm doing it right, am I? Cassie. Oh, so that's what this is all about. No, I'm saving the best for last. Dell, he didn't kill you, did he? Oh, wait, no, I gotta do it stupid, don't I? He didn't kill you, did he? I can't do it anymore. Cassie, no worse. He stood me up. Dell, well, I suppose next time you'll want me to kill him? Cassie, no, he's all mine. I just need you to kill this guy. Dell, oh, he didn't kill you either. Cassie, no, but if he didn't have anything to do with it, why would he have my necklace? Dell, if you can't kill him yourself, then you aren't really that strong. Cassie, is that a dare? You know me, Dell. I take dares very seriously. No answer. Cassie, fine, I'll show you what I'm capable of. We fade out on Cassie's face. Why not? We got to Jack and Ted in the library, sitting in the basement on two red couches. I stole this from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too, didn't I? Yeah. One couch is against the wall. The other is against the window. Jack is sitting on one, on the one against the wall. Ted is sitting on the one against the window. Both of them have stacks of books on their laps and next to them. Jack. I can't find anything. I'm going to go look for more. Jack stands up. Ted. Wait, Jack. I found something. Jack sits back down. Jack. What? Ted, this passage is talking about charms. Oh, yeah, is it? It talks about how people who know everything are able to make the most powerful charms work. Oh, man, Jack. Know everything? They don't mean geniuses, do they? Ted, here it says revenge charms. Jack. Okay, okay, okay. It's good. We can get through this. we only got 11 more pages to go. We can get through this. Jack, does it say anything about how they work? Ted, I'm getting to that. Here, it says... To Oh, don't fall. I don't want to lose my place in this mess. I'm getting to that. Here it says, to use this charm, you need a part for you. A part of you. Jack, a part of you. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Does it say anything about what it can be? Dead. Nope. Just a part of you. Jack. Damn, that's a lot of fucking help. Wait, can't.
Can you find anything about protection charms? Ted, I don't know. Let's have ourselves a look-see. Ted looks through the books. Ted, Yahtzee. Jack, did you find anything? Ted, no, I just like saying that. Wait, here we go. Protection. In order for this charm, you need a part of you. See revenge. Nothing else. Jack, a part of you? What does that even mean? Ted continues to look, and Jack sits back and puts his hands in his pockets. He feels something. He gets an idea. He pulls out the necklace. Jack, I knew I'd seen that guy before. What? Jack, one of the guys from my visions. I seen him before. I bought this necklace at the pawn shop. This was Cassie's necklace. Ted, the one you bought for Lindsay? Huh. Jack, this must be for protection. That's why she can't hurt me. Ted, what luck. As long as you keep that with you, Cassie can't hurt you well physically. Oh, you hurt you well physically. That's why all the visions and whatnot. If she can't hurt you physically, she can hurt you mentally. I can't believe I'm even talking about this. Me neither. Me neither, Ted. Jack, I know what you mean. Ted, what luck. Oh my goodness. We are down to the final ten pages. I'm going to take another sip here. I'm going to get through this, all right? Because if I don't put the third one up, what has this whole day been for, right? Okay, let's do this. Jack, depends on how you look at it all. All right, now we know where the protection comes from. Now where does the revenge spell come from? Ted, I don't know. Wait, wait just a damn minute. I found something. It says here, in order to stop a charm, one must destroy the item that the charm was placed on. I don't know what that means. Jack. What do we know about Cassie? Ted. Oh, not, a, not a whole lot. Jack. What could be a part of her? Ted. Wait. Wait for another damn minute. I kind of like that, actually. I do remember reading that Cassie liked to paint murals on the walls of her parents' house. Where did you read that? Where did you goddamn read that? Oh, my God, help me. Jack. Hey. Maybe she put the charm on one of those murals, and all I need to do is destroy that mural. Ted, yeah, we're good. We're very good. Jack, on that note, I'm going to need to go to the bathroom. Libraries always do that to me. Yep, it's tr- it was true. It is true. But I don't know why I need to put that in there. Ted, I'll keep looking. Jack, you do that. Jack gets up and leaves. We center on Ted. <gasps> cut to Jack. Walking through the stacks, he stops. He looks ahead. We cut to Ted reading. Cut to Jack. Jack. Oh, shit, no. All right. This is not in the movie, by the way, so don't worry. Jack turns around and blindly tries to find his way back to Ted. Cut to Ted. Behind him, we see an out-of-focus figure. Out-of-focus, huh? Come from around the corner and starts walking towards Ted. Cut to Jack, still blindly blindly trying to find his way. I think I wrote this after my first year. Like, I finished it after my first year. Cut to Ted with the figure still walking. Ted looks behind him. Nothing. Ted goes back to reading. He sits forward and reads, hunched over. Then, out of nowhere, a hand reaches through the glass and grabs him by the hair, yanks his head back into the window. Ted's head goes through the window, and the glass doesn't break all the way. In fact, a large piece of glass decapitates him. I don't know how I was going to film that, but I also wrote, Sorry, uh, Starletta, with a smiley face. I guess she liked Ted. Well, I hope she's seen the movie. We cut to Jack running along, clutching his throat. 
He gets his sight back, turns the corner, his face contorts into a very throaty scream. Boy, this is scary, isn't it? We cut to see Cassie still standing there, holding Ted's head. A second later, she's gone, and Ted's head falls. Splat. I wrote that. I just said that just now. Cut to Jack, still looking at the horrid sight. He falls to the ground in shock. We cut to Dell. He's in shock as well, having just seen Ted's death. Cassie is sitting across from Dell. Cassie, now do you see Dell? I do. Cassie, good. Now can you do this for me? Dell, I can't. Cassie's face gets more serious. Because we have ten page, nine pages left. Cassie, why not? Dell, it's not that easy, Cassie. I can't take someone's life, not for anyone. Cassie, you think this is easy for me? Do you think I'm some kind of monster? Yes, yes, we all do, Cassie. Dell, no, I, I believe you're in the right. I just don't see what I have to do with this. Cassie, you love me. Dell, I do. Doesn't mean I need to kill this guy. Cassie, what if I told you I loved you too? Tio, too. Uh, Dell, that would make me the happiest man in the world, but I still wouldn't be able to do it. Cassie, I see how this is going to be. I realize I never let you think this through, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave you to sit here and think this through. Oh, God, I just ended. I'm going to come back later today, and I will ask you again. If you say no, I will have no choice. And Dell, no choice. No choice but to do what? Cassie, just don't say no for the both of us. Dell, what are you telling me? She's gone. We fade out on Dell, sitting there, still looking at the spot where Cassie was. We cut to Jack. Of course, it's not going to be as heavy as his best friend dying, but whatever, okay? Oh, what did I drop? Okay, whatever. Okay, let's keep going. He is still in the same position we last saw him. A doctor is talking to him. We can't hear what he says. Someone pulls him up and leads him to the outside. Jack takes his cell phone and brings the phone to his ear. Lindsay's voice. Hello, Jack. Lindsay. Lindsay's voice. Jack, hi, Jack. Jack, what's wrong? Jack, it's Ted. He's dead. Lindsay's voice. What? Don't do that to me, Jack. It's not funny. Jack, I'm not. I'm not laughing. Lindsay's voice. You're, you're really serious. No response. Lindsay's voice. Oh God, Ted. How? Jack, we were in the library, and I went to the bathroom. I came back, and he was dead. (laughs) Emergency people are saying it was a freak accident. Lindsay's voice. Oh, listen. You know where I live, right? Jack, yeah. Lindsay's voice. If you need anything, don't hesitate to call or come over, okay? Jack, yeah, sure. Lindsay's voice. I can't believe this. Jack, me neither. Listen, I have to go. Lindsay's voice. Yeah, remember, don't hesitate. Jack, I won't. Lindsay's voice. Bye. Jack hangs up and stares at the phone. Jack, some birthday present. And we fade out on that note. Yeah. Why not? We cut to Dell. He is mixing drinks at the counter. All of a sudden, the glass bursts open. Cassie's there standing next to him. Cassie, I don't want you drinking like that. Jesus, what a nag, right? We're almost there, folks. We're almost there. I'm not going to lie to you. 
We're almost there. Okay, let me have another sip. Okay, Dell. What do you carry? Or what do you care? You're dead. Cassie. That really hurts, Dell. I care about you. You're my best friend. Dell. And you want me to kill? Cassie. I'm not asking you to kill anybody. I'm not asking you to murder a baby. You're an old lady. I'm asking you to kill a killer. Eye for an eye. Just like we always talked about. Dell. I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm not going to kill anybody, no matter what. Cassie, no matter what? Dell, no matter what. Cassie, let's just see about that, Dell, shall we? Oh, great. Who are we going to kill now? We cut to a movie theater. A movie is rolling in the theater, then all of a sudden the screen goes white and stays that way. People start getting restless. A man gets up to f- and we follow him outside. We cut to behind a counter. This man stops and says, man number two. Uh, there, there's something wrong with the projector in Theater 7. We cut to reveal Julie. Julie. All right, I'll look into it. Julie turns to another worker. Julie, I'm going to see what's wrong with the projector. We follow her as she heads to a door and up the steps to the projection rooms. She finds the one that is malfunctioning. She goes up to it. There is a noise behind her. Julie turns around. Julie. Cassie? Oh, my God. Cassie, what are you... We look at Cassie. She lunges, lunges at Julie. She gets Julie up against the window and presses her thumbs into her eyes and tilts her head back while Julie is still screaming in pain and panic. Cassie then swipes Julie's neck. I don't know if you can hear that, but there's like kids playing outside. It's not... I'm not killing anybody. Julie's neck and blood sprays everywhere. Some of the blood gets on the lens and we have a look at what the audience sees... A white screen with blood trickling across it. Oh my, what a great image. We cut to Dell screaming in horror. Dell falls to his knees. He starts crying. Then Cassie is there. She puts a comforting arm on his shoulder. Cassie. See what you made me do? I told you. All else. Yep, that's what happened. That's the tooth of it. Let's keep going, right? We might go over a little of an hour here. Because this is part three, and I want it to be the end. Okay? So we're going to get through this. Okay? Okay. Dell. I never knew you were capable of something like that. What'd you get? Hold on. There we go. Perfect. Cassie. I just wanted to know you to know how dedicated I am. Dell. But Julie? Cassie. I'm going to ask you again. And if no one comes out... If no comes out of your mouth, I don't want to, but I will let nothing get in my way of what I had to do. Do you understand this at all? Dell. I do now, yes. Cassie. Then will you do it? Dell. Yes. Cassie is overjoyed. She kisses him very sensual-like. Dot, dot, dot. Um, I don't know why I did that. Then she stops, leans back, and hands him the gun she got from the police station. Sweet. Cassie, now now when he's sleeping, I want you to shoot him right between the eyes. Dell, and if he wakes up, won't he stop me? Cassie, you just leave that to me. Now this is the plan. We fade out. We fade in. On a door, Jack enters his house. It's nighttime. We should all assume. Assume. He has been wandering around for the past few hours. Whatever. 
Jack goes in and falls straight to bed. He lays there staring at the wall. We cut to a bank. We cut to Keith. Oh, Keith. We're going to bring Keith back. I don't remember his voice. We cut to Keith watching TV with Lindsay. Lindsay is still sniffling and Keith is comforting her the best way we know how. I don't know. <laughs> Lindsay sets up. Lindsay, I'm going to have a bath. Keith, hmm. Lindsay gets up. We follow her into the bathroom. She closes and locks the door. She turns on the bathtub water, looks in the bathroom closet, and searches through it. We see what she can't see is the curtain closing around the bathtub. She starts taking off her clothes. She only has the B and P's on. Oh, bra and panties. When she looks at the bathtub and notices something amiss. We cut to Keith. He's watching TV. Then an, oh, I'm going to get some smile comes over him. Whatever. whatever. I, um, I haven't had, I hadn't had any kind of sex with a woman. I made out or kissed, but I don't... Okay, let's keep going. He gets up and heads to the bathroom. Lindsay goes up to the shower curtain, turns around to look at the door. Then the shower curtain wraps around her head. I think I stole that for Final Destination. In a second, and brings her head down into the tub. We see Cassie bring her head under the water, which, why not, is filled with blood. See, even I, your humble narrator at 18 years old, decided to fill the tub with blood, because why not? You know, I think most writers do that nowadays still. But let's continue, shall we? Keith. You know, if I had to actually film this, how horrible would that have been? Goodness. I'm so glad I didn't I rewrote it. I did rewrite it, by the way. Anyway, we got to get through this. Yeah, we got to get through this. Keith is at the door when he hears something amiss. Keith. Lindsay? Lindsay? He starts to get scared. Keith screams, Lindsay! He starts to ram his shoulder into the door and yell her name. Cut to Lindsay still struggling. We hear a primal scream come out of nowhere. We cut to forcing himself awake with that primal scream. Hmm. He opens his eyes. I'm assuming it's... Oh, it's Del. We cut... No. Wait. Oh, it's Jack. We cut to his POV. Del stands over him, holding a gun to his head. With cat-like reflexes, Jack bats the gun away. Wow, I wrote that. And gets up and grabs Dell by his collar and slams him against the wall. Jack, what are we going to have? What? What? Okay. Oh, well, Jack's being a tough guy. What we're going to have here is a little three-strike rule. Because I don't want to have time for this shit. Time for this shit. I got all the time. Who are you? Dell. Fuck you. Jack punches Dell to the ground. Jack goes and retrieves the gun. Picks Dell up and places the gun under Dell's chin. Jack, who the hell are you and what the hell do you want? Dell, why should I say anything to a murderer? I don't know why I'm doing that, boys. Jack cocks the hammer back because Jack knows what he's doing. Dell, okay, okay, Dell, you dead. I don't know what that. Jack, this is about Cassie. Oh, I didn't write Dell, but I'm assuming this is Dell. Fuck. Listen, I don't have time for this. You're coming with me. I'm going to get this shit straightened out tonight. Or is that Jack? I don't remember. Oh, it is Jack. Oh, sorry. Fuck, listen. I don't have time for this. You're coming with me. I'm going to get this shit straightened out tonight. He turns to Dell around and points the gun at his back and follows Dell outside. Jack and Dell get outside. Jack looks around. Jack, you left the car running? Cut to a car still running. 
No. Yes. Jack, okay. Um, I don't know why that moment was funny to me at the time. I think that moment was supposed to be a little break in comedy, but I don't know why. But there you go. You get that. <coughs> Jack. Okay. Dill leads the way to his car. Jack gets in to the passengers. Dell follows directions. Jack gets in. We cut to the inside of the car. Jack doesn't look at Dell at all. He just looks forward, real determined like. Dell doesn't know what to do. Jack. True or false? Cassie sent you to kill me because she can't kill me. Dell. True. Jack. That's what I thought. Well, then I don't know. I don't know why I asked. I had to. I even wrote that. I wrote that and I thought that just now. Do you think I killed Cassie? Dell. Of course. You have her necklace. Jack searches for the necklace. He can't find it. He points a gun at Dell. Give it to me. Or Jack says, give it to me. Dell says, why? Jack stops the car and cocks the gun. Dell. Okay. 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 There we go. That's how I should do it. Dell takes the necklace off his neck and gives it to Jack. Dell. There. Why do you need it so bad? Jack. I'll tell you why. Because it's the only thing keeping your friend from killing me. Dell. Why should I care if she wants to kill you? An eye for an eye. Jack, I, sh- I should shoot you. You really think it's Cassie? Dell, that's what she tells me. Why would she lay? Why would she lay? I actually wrote that. Why would she? L-A-Y question mark. Jack, let me ask you something. Do you always believe everything a dead person tells you? Stops his thought. Jack. Do you have a cell phone? Dell. What? Jack. Do you have a fucking cell phone? Yes or no? Dell. Yes. Yes, but I'm not letting you use it. Jack. You really got to make me cock my gun again again. My gun again. This motherfucker is going to make me cock my gun, gun again. Suddenly, uh, Jack is a different person. I'm sorry, folks. Dell reaches into his pocket. Dell. Here. Here. Take it. Jack takes a cell phone and dials a number. He brings it up to his ear. Keith's voice. Hello. Jack. Keith? Or Keith, is everything all right? Where's Lindsay? Keith's voice. Uh, who is uh, this? Jack. It's Jack from Lindsay's work. What happened to Lindsay? Is Lindsay okay? Where are you? Keith's voice. I don't know how to describe it, but something happened and I'm with Cassie in the hospital. With Cassie in the hospital right now? Yeah, I fucked up. Supposed to be Lindsay in the hospital, right? Jack. Okay, which hospital? Keith's voice. Um, God, I can't do that voice. Um, wait. How did you know something was wrong? There we go. That's, I don't know why I do Southern accents, but I do. Jack, I had a feeling. Jesus. Now just tell me where you guys are, please. Keith's voice. We're at Patsy LGH. I don't know. Jack, what room? Keith's voice. Room 223. Jack, thanks. I'm on my way. Keith starts to talk, and Jack hangs up on him. He throws a phone at Dell. Then he does a Yui. A Yui. Dell, back. Jack, look, shut the fuck up. I'm thinking I don't want to hear one word until after we're done at the hospital, and then we'll talk, okay? Dell doesn't answer. Jack, straight ahead. Good. We cut to an elevator. The door is open. Dell steps out first, followed by Jack. We see him stuff the gun into his jeans. 
because he's adept at that. They get to Lindsay's room. We have a look at Keith loyally holding on to Lindsay's hand and talking to her unconscious body. All right, let's continue. How much more do I have? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, okay, wait. All right, I see the light, folks. I see the light. Let's just plow through this, okay? Keith, everything is going to be all right. I'm sorry I wasn't there, but from now on, I'll be there for you all the time. Del coughs. Jack moves forward and grabs Del by the elbow. Whispers. Del. Del says, I'm not going to run away. Jack, I'm not taking my chances. Keith looks up. Keith. Hey, guy. Uh, hey, guys. Lindy is going to be just fine. There, I don't know what voice that is. There was a scare there for a little bit, but now she's resting fine. Jack, good to hear. Uh, Jack goes up to Lindsay. He looks at her, takes off his necklace, and looks at Keith. Jack, may I? Keith, yeah, sure, go right ahead. <laughs> Jack puts the necklace around Lindsay's neck and kisses her forehead. He straightens up and looks at Keith. Jack, you take good care of her for me. Keith, always. always. Okay, let's keep going. <sighs> We're at the light at the end of the tunnel, folks. Jack, it means a lot to me. He grabs Dell again, and they leave. Cut to the car. Jack starts the engine. Jack, now if you don't know already, that necklace, which was the only thing keeping her from killing me, I'm sure she knows it. So I'm not going to be the most patient of motherfuckers, because all of a sudden I'm Samuel L. Jackson. Do you understand? Dell, yes. Jack, all right, now I need to know where Cassie's parents live. Dell, why? Jack, I have a feeling that whatever is charmed is at her parents' house. Now, are you going to tell me where it is or not? First, I want you to tell me how you did it. What? How did you kill her? Jack, again, do you believe anything a dead person tells you? Bear with me, folks. Oh, okay. Home stretch. All right. Dell, I believe the woman I love. Jack, look, that thing is stalking me. She's not your friend. She's not the girl you love. She is a monster. Dell, how the fuck could a murderer like you even say that with a straight face? Jack, I didn't kill her. Dell, she's mad at you for some reason. Just like me arguing with myself. Is that what it sounds like? Jack, I didn't let her use a phone. Oh, God, okay, we're going to repeat ourselves. Dell, what? Why not? Jack, company policy. Dell, well, your company policy got my best friend killed. Jack, are you going to tell me where her parents live or not? Dell, go north on Star. It's about 10 miles outside of town. Jack starts to drive. Jack, believe me, if I would have known she was going to die that night, she could have called anyone she wanted. Dell, yeah, well, it's a little too late for that. If you didn't kill her, uh, why did you have her necklace? Jack, I got it at a pawn shop the day after she disappeared. Dell, some luck. Jack, you're telling me. Now, tell me another thing. Do you think the girl you loved would kill over something so trivial as that? Or do you think she would kill, period? Dell, only if they deserved it. Jack, that girl in the hospital, she's the girl in my eyes. Just like Cassie was the girl in yours. You seen her. Tell me if she deserved what she got. Tell me if Ted deserved it. Well, Dell, did they deserve it? Dell, no, no, I guess not. They didn't. <laughs> Jack, she's not your friend. She's just a, a fucking spell. Whatever. Dell, she's still going to kill you. Jack finally looks at Dell. Oh, my God. Really? I'm going to wrap this up in two pages? 
All right, are you ready, folks? We're at our denouement of Jack's of, uh, Unrequited. So buckle in, people, because all those last pages have just been set up for what's going to happen next. All right? Just close your eyes and picture what's happening. Jack, you think after betraying her like this, you think she'll let you live as well? Dell, she would let me live, Jack. I don't think you really believe that. I don't even think you believe that she's your friend anymore. No answer, Jack. She threatened to kill you. She didn't kill me, didn't she, Dell? Yeah, Jack. I, I, I can see we're in this together now, Dell. A bando buggered. I stole that from Josh Whedon as well. You're welcome. You're all welcome. I'm here naked, bare naked, in front of you, Lord, showing my... I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Jack, whatever. Beat. Dell, sorry I tried to kill you. Or sorry I tried to kill you. Jack, don't be... Yeah, you should be. Don't be. I understand why you did it. A great woman is a great motivator for any man. Dell takes a second glance at Jack. We then center on the both of them. They both continue to stare forward. We cut to a man tied to the bed. He is blindfolded. Cassie comes into view. She kisses him. She starts to pour wax on his chest. She takes the candle away because I only saw this on movies, right? Then she turns and takes a can of gasoline. She pours it on him, trenches him with the stuff. She drops the can, and then she takes a knife and starts carving away at his stomach. The man starts screaming in pain and struggling to no avail. She carves a hole in his stomach, takes a smaller gasoline can, pours it in the open wounds. She kisses him one more time on the lips, takes a candle, and drops it on him as she gets up. The man screams in pain as the flames overcome him. Then we cut to Jack and Dell in the car car has been stopped off the road jack you saw that too dell yeah dell opens the door and leaves the car jack steps out and yells jack what the hell are you doing dell doesn't answer we hear him throwing up we don't have a lot of time oh my god i don't think i have the i don't think i have the end of this script honestly folks so you're gonna get we don't have a lot of time get in the car and call him Ducky, a reference to Pretty in Pink. Okay, I'm at the last page. I don't have any more pages. I don't know what happened to the rest. I thought I had them all, but apparently I don't. Jack, frustrated, turns his head. Cut to the headlights. We see an owl fly by the car. Cut to Jack, looking the other way. We see a black dog out in the road, hopefully, hopefully by mood night, whatever. Jack whispers, two omens by night, the black shuck and the owl in flight. I don't know where he got that from. I should have referenced it earlier, but I didn't. Dell gets back in the car. Dell, what? Jack, nothing. Some old poem. Get in. They both get in. Jack goes to put it in drive, and the engine shuts down. Jack, shit, shit. He tries the engine, doesn't kick. Dell looks over at Jack. Jack is staring straight forward. The dry, the, the dried is in his eyes. God damn it. Dell looks at the front of the car. We see a figure coming out towards the car. Jack tries to turn the car over once again, and the lights go out. Dell, oh fuck, fuck, what do we do? Jack, the only thing coming to mind is run. Jack gets out of the car and heads to the woods, followed by Dell. The chase begins. We cut to two guys running through the woods. We cut to Cassie walking briskly but not running. Jack stumbles. Dell, 
looks back but keeps running. Dell trips and we hear a crack and he falls down in the puddle of muddy water. Dell struggles to get out. Jack catches up. He pulls Dell out and picks him up. Dell screams in pain. Dell, my foot. I think I broke my fucking foot. Jack, shit. We cut to Jack, Cassie walking through the moonlight. We cut to Dell and Jack. Dell is using Jack for support and they are going through the woods. We can tell Jack is getting tired. They get to a clearing and there they find an abandoned looking shack of a place. Jack turns and heads for the shack. And here's the sad thing, folks. That is all I got. I thought I had more. But apparently not. Apparently I don't have more of that script. I should have read it before. But needless to say, um, I can give you a gist. Um, Jack kills Cassie somehow. And the shack burns down. And uh, they're left uh, with the wreckage. I don't remember the correct ending. But I certainly remember what happens. Now, if you're looking for... uh, an ending, a perfect ending, just go on my website, heyelliot.com, and and see what I made, see what I recreated with that script, and I wish I had the tapes to share with you of of my buddy and I, but I don't. Um, So I'm sorry if this was anticlimactic for you. But, yeah, go and watch Jack's Living Dead Girl. And you'll see, you know, it got different. It did, I promise. Um, I'm disappointed as you. I thought I thought there was more. Like, that, that was it. But apparently I had to waste ten pages on um, Cassie and Dennis. And I'm sorry for that, folks. So, I don't know where the missing other pages are. But uh, now you kind of got a glimpse of 18-year-old Elliot and him trying to write. I hope maybe this has been entertaining for you. Maybe it's been happy for you. I don't know. Um, But take care of yourselves. Um, I'll get back to you maybe with part two of the Elliot Curse and maybe some more reading for you. Because I did have something I wrote way back then in 2013. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. I don't know what happened to the other pages. They're gone. And I'm sorry. Have a good day. Toodaloo.